The retired Dr Robert Peterson from Seymour is the candidate for the United Australia Party in the federal seat of Nichols in the upcoming national election. Robert had a stand at the Seymour Alternative Farming Expo. I pounced on the chance when passing to ask him what the Australia United Party would do for the people of Nichols and of course the people of Australia with regard to climate change. My audio wasn't great. So I re-asked some of the questions and injected them at the appropriate place. Welcome to this latest episode of Climate Conversations. I'm your host, Robert McLean, and I'm coming to you from Shepparton in Victoria, Australia, from the lands of the Yorta Yorta people. Yes, the stolen lands of the Yorta Yorta people, and I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. I've been involved with the practical side of the climate conversation since the early 2000s. That's attending lectures and reading whatever I could find. And although the public interest has broadened as the years have passed, it became apparent to me a few years ago that much more needed to be said. And it was important, terribly important, that we were making much more noise. Unsure of what to do to reach more people, I decided to try my hand, or should I say more correctly, my voice, at podcasting. And what you're listening to now is the result of those efforts. There appeared to be a great silence about the climate crisis, and this podcast is an effort by me to increase the volume of my voice, and so help end that silence. Fortunately, it was not as silent as I had thought as many other podcasts were beavering away and were attempting to alert the world to the climate crisis. And several months ago, I was found, so to speak, by Mark Spencer from the Climactic Collective. Music for this podcast comes courtesy of Music for a Warming World, a Melbourne-based group, and you'll find a link to that group in the episode notes. I trust you'll enjoy this episode, and if you do, please feel free to share it with your friends. GP. I was. I've, Whereabouts? In Seymour. I was GP in Seymour for 40 years. What drives your political ambitions? Well, what started off was the awareness that I had as a GP uh, with regards to the initial COVID outbreak overseas and the fact that we knew uh, through the medical information that 90% of the people that were dying were over the age of 70 and they had multiple comorbidities and uh, yet the way it was portrayed on the media and TV uh, it was if uh, everybody was at risk but that wasn't the case. So that's what started me off and then uh, I watched it unfold, I saw the uh, the evidence that was out on uh, the use of ivermectin and how the government decided to uh, denigrate ivermectin. Um, they based their decision on an uh, organisation called the, the Cochrane Review, and the Cochrane Review was uh, sponsored by Big Pharma, and yet at the time there were over 60 independent reviews that said that ivermectin worked. So, you know, I, I just sat and watched this and felt I have to get involved and let people know that there's uh, uh, 
a situation where the facts weren't being told to the, our society. Then I asked, why the Australia United Party? Initially, I saw Craig Kelly also talking about uh, ivermectin juice, and so that's what made me uh, probably lean that way, that he was uh, up to date with the information, and so that's how I lent that way. Rob's standing for the seat of Nichols, and I asked for his stump speech. Well, the reason is is that uh, Australia, in our opinion, has been taken over by the big parties uh, who have been taken over by outside interests and they're not representing Australians. Um, we have lost our freedom of choice, specifically um, with regards to autonomy over your body and what goes into your body. This is a God-given right. And the government basically, uh, the governments have basically removed people's rights over caring on their own body, uh, virtually blackmailing them. If you don't have your two jabs, you lose your job. And the devastation that it's caused has been just absolutely horrific. What's your position on climate change? I'm neutral on it. I believe that um, the, uh, the facts are not clear cut. Um, we have a situation where everybody is sort of told that the science says this, but there's never been a debate. There's never been a debate. What I think is terribly important is that, particularly where Australia's situated at the moment uh, and what's going on around the world, we have to really secure our energy supply. And I think that the economy is on the edge of a cliff. And so we, as a party, believe that whilst we're waiting for technology to be developed, whether it be nuclear, uh, which is zero emissions, of course, or other new technology, we feel that we have to be pragmatic, given the fact that Australia only contributes 1.3% of carbon dioxide, and whatever we do, we have no effect on the world. And, you know, clearly China and India have uh, the, the major contribution with regards to the CO2, but we have to preserve our economy and given the inflation situation now with uh, diesel and petrol, etc., we have to ensure that we have a really reliable baseload power supply to look after our economic future. Rob mentioned baseload power, and I asked, where do we find it from? Well, at the moment, Clearly, we've got coal and gas, and until nuclear is made available, again, both major parties aren't heading down that pathway, but somebody's got to make a decision. Uh, and we, we're saying that until we have that baseload power replaced by whether it be nuclear or a new technology, I mean, they're talking about green hydrogen, well, that's fine, but until it's replacing the baseload power, we want to guarantee uh, that that baseload power is in place. So, you know, with regards to current coal-fired stations, they need to be preserved until uh, a new cleaner technology is there to replace it. Why, I asked, should the people of Nichols vote for you? Well, for starters, uh, I'll be representing them 
and I will not be going in and being told you're in this faction or that faction. Um, and that tends to happen in the major parties. I mean, it's whether they uh, believe at the start that they're look, you know, looking after the people of their electorate and their interests, literally they get elected and they're told by the faction that they're in, this is what's happening. So I'm on, I've, my whole life I've uh, been a person that's worked hard for the community of Seymour and I'll do exactly the same for Nichols. Although it was no surprise to Rob, I pointed out that Nichols is a really diverse electorate. What they want in the south, what they want in the north are quite different things. And I asked, how will you meld those two things together? Oh, look, I think um, very clearly the farmers, uh, water issues, they are things that I've, I've watched for some time and, of course, over the last few months I've really got my teeth into it. And I think they've uh, had the raw end of the prawn, so to speak, and so I'll be doing everything I can to represent the various factions in the in the community. So what have you done to try and understand this whole water issue, which is really complex, I might It is very complex. Look, I've spoken to an enormous number of people, number of farmers. Um, you know, we have a situation where the state governments have a big uh, influence on it, but... It keeps getting back to one thing, and that is that it's, it's just bizarre that people who do not have a vested interest in, in owning land that needs irrigation can be involved in water trading. I mean, that's just not right. And particularly when you've got um, Canadian interests, etc., overseas interests, they, to me, it just doesn't make sense. So you think you, if you have if you have a water right, you should own a property or something? Correct, absolutely. Or, or produce some some food or fibre. Exactly right. Yeah. I asked Rob if there was something else he would like to say that the people of Nichols should hear. I think that they have to understand that we, as a, a, a race, as Australians, we've always fought for freedom, over 100,000 men have died over the journey fighting for freedom, and here we've watched step by step our freedoms being taken away from us, and we have to make a stand now, we have to stop this, and we have to say, righto, the big parties no longer represent us, they represent, well, the coalition are, re are representing globalists and multinationals and billionaires, and, you know, we, we have to stand up and say enough's enough. I talked with Rob at the Seymour Alternative Farming Expo and watched as people were buying, I thought, buying his T-shirts and hats. Not buying them. They're, they're oh, <laughs> oh, they're give them away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's been the message you've been getting from people at this, uh, at this expo? I, it is, in my journeys around uh, the, the electorate uh, and over the last, uh, well, particularly yesterday, people are waking up they realise that they're not truly being represented by the major parties. And it's, it's really enlightening to me how many people have the same feeling as I've got. So do you think the Australia United Party will answer or satisfy all those diverse views you heard at the Expo? Uh, we will be doing everything we can to represent the Australian view, and that's freedom, the right as an individual not to be told you have to do this, you have to do that, without, you know, uh, logic. And uh, freedom freedom of debate has disappeared. 
most of us see now on TV and the written media that debate doesn't occur anymore. You're told this is what's happened and the propaganda, it's frightening. And we have to make a stand, this is it. Climate Conversations is published with the support of the Mark Spencer-published Climactic Collective. And it's just one of more than 20 podcasts making up that collective. More about the collective and the associated podcasts can be found at climactic.fm. Music for Climate Conversations is from the Melbourne-based group Music for a Warming World. You can find a link to that group in the episode notes. Responsibility for Climate Conversations rests with me. But you could help with the questions. And if there is something specific that needs addressing, but the question is not being asked of whom it should be asked, please make a suggestion and send it to r.mclean, the number seven, at icloud.com. Earlier episodes of Climate Conversations can be found at the Climactic website. Simply search for climactic.fm. Go to the Climate Conversations artwork, click on that, and there you will find all the earlier episodes. Beyond that, and in all this climate chaos, remember just a few things. Put your faith in genuine climate science. Also, action is the best antidote to despair, and that, I must add, is one of the drivers of this podcast. And remember, be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. That ends this episode of Climate Conversations. Thanks so much for your company, and until we talk again, please take care. Thank you.